everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And I'm Jacob, wobbling erratically outside of Bella's window. And I'm Victoria, offended as fuck that Bella would think that I would ever wobble erratically outside of her window. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? What's new? What's up? What's you? I had to rhyme. That's all I could think of. Um, well, what's me is that, you know, I have a big crock pot filled with pork cooking right now. When this podcast is over, it's not going to be done, but I'm going to open my bedroom door and just the smell of barbecue is going to hit me like a punch in the face, but in a good way. And I am so excited. We could just do like a marathon six-hour podcast so that it will be ready when we're done. Um, I'll probably, I'm going to say no. I don't, I think my knees would start to hurt sitting on the ground for six hours. Yeah, it's going to be a no for me as well because it takes about twice as long to edit these as it does to record them. I'm not editing for 12 hours. A bitch does not have the time. Yeah, who who would have 12 hours in their busy work week? for that I don't know truly we have to have like a whole acknowledgments corner right now at the top of the show because over the past week a lot has a lot of shit has popped off in a good way and we have a lot of people to recognize if you're a new listener from tiktok welcome we're excited that somehow we made it to the twilight section of tiktok that place is hilarious so I'm glad that I'm glad that we have a little nook in there. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we're not on TikTok because me, I feel like Paige is on TikTok. She is like on her personal thing. I feel like me trying to be on TikTok would be like, you know, that meme of Steve Buscemi where he's like, how do you do fellow kids or fellow youth or whatever? That's how it would be. I just, I'm not cool enough. There is a very large millennial population of like 30 and 40 year old people on there that they do make some relatable content, I will say. Okay, well, maybe I'll consider it. Either way, thanks to our stands out there who were telling people about us on Twilight TikTok. We know one of you is Hannah. We love your username, Hannah. We we know what it is. When Emily took, Emily sent me a, so... Instagram user ads messaged us a screenshot of a comment that from TikTok where our podcast was mentioned. And so um, Hannah had commented, you know, like, oh, you should listen to Tuesday Night for Twilight. It's great. And the username doesn't have any like personal information or anything. It's just a funny username. So I was like, this either has to be like, three people I can think of three people this could be and Hannah was one of them so I I took a creep on your profile Hannah I gotta say I wanted to follow you but then I was like is this inappropriate I don't know if you want me to follow you I will (laughs) so funny in that same comment section we actually had another listener who we could not identify because we couldn't find their username on TikTok but their username at the time of commenting was I do not know how to pronounce this, so I'm just going to spell it. Y-U-E dot J-I-A-O 30. So if that's you, hell yeah, we like you. Yeah, thanks for the shout outs, guys. We, last week, our 
our podcast, like historically had a bunch of listens and we were like, somehow we're popping off. We don't really know why, but okay. And then we found out about TikTok gate and it all made sense. TikTok gate. The reason that we found out about it is because of a lovely listener on Instagram whose name is ads. Thank you for letting us know. And thank you for the great conversation about true crime that you've been having with us because it's been fun. Yeah, it it is always fun to like log into a conversation and see like what Emily's been saying. And I'm like, well, now what page is going to interject because I also want to be a part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, messaging with us on Instagram, which is the only place that you can talk to both of us, is always kind of a grab bag because you don't know who you're going to be getting at any given moment. So it's kind of fun, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's both. You never know. Next on our laundry list of people to welcome and thank is two new patrons. Welcome. Literally one of them just came through like 10 minutes ago while Paige and I were like prepping to record. So that might be our friend from Instagram because this patron's name is Addison. Might be somebody else. I don't know. Welcome, Addison. And then we also got a new patron that I think you pronounce your name Liliana. But if it's Liliana, I am sorry. But welcome to the both of you. We have some exciting news. Paige, do you want to tell them what we're going to be doing? So I think we may have mentioned this many episodes ago in passing. But we were thinking about having a patron-exclusive Netflix party watching of Twilight, the first movie. Because can't watch New Moon yet because I'm not done with it. But... We would love to do a uh, Netflix party, so we'll have um, the movie playing simultaneously for everyone in the party, and then there's a chat feature so we can all put our comments in and our jokes and talk about the sepia tone. Is it sepia? Is blue sepia a thing? I don't know what sepia is, but yeah, blue tint. Yeah, we can talk about all those things live. And just have a good time. So if that's something that you are interested in, we're thinking about doing that maybe around like four on October 30th. So a pre-Halloween screening, if you will. And that's 4 p.m. Mountain Time. So convert that to whatever that would be in your time. Um, If that's like wildly not working for anyone, let us know and we can figure it out. Um, But it's one of the few times that Paige and I actually are off work at the same time. That's not a Tuesday, so we're going to try and make it work. Um, And then, so obviously to get into that, you can be a patron, patron, patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. Or we will also accept anyone who donates to the Quilliot Move to Higher Ground nonprofit movement. And that's at mthg.org. And all you have to do to like quote-unquote prove that is just send us a proof of your donation obviously we want your credit card number so send that no I'm just kidding just send like the receipt or confirmation email that you get when you donate I mean I'm I'm still pro like if you I'm I'm not I'm not asking I'm just saying if you wanted to give us your credit card information I mean I would take it (laughs) it's as long as it's a gift freely given (laughs) The consent is key. I don't want to take it from you, and I don't want you to be coerced. I want you to. I want you to give it to me out of your own goodwill. 
Um, we have one last thing to mention in our little acknowledgement corner here. Um, this is not so much an acknowledgement, but friend of the pod, Jim, who has been one of our staunchest supporters from early on, they have started their own new podcast. So we just wanted to give a little plug here right off the top. So it's called Quotes from a Casket. And on Twitter, it's at, at Coffin Quotes. And this is the little description that they sent me. So, sorry, I scrolled too far. Ah, okay. Um, it's literally just going to be me reading my fave books, terrain noises, and opening up a dialogue where people can experience the book chapter by chapter every week and offer predictions slash headcanons and just generally make the audio formats of, bo of books a bit more accessible. Um, and they said that they love audiobooks but hate that they're be behind a paywall. So I think that this is great. And it looks like the first one that they're going to be covering is Hush Hush, which I read like forever ago. It was good. I remember it being good. So go listen to Quotes from a Casket. And congrats, Jem. Yeah, that is when Emily said that Jem was starting their own podcast. I was like, I need all of the information because Jem has been such a huge supporter of us and has been such an amazing person. I literally have a painting that they did hanging on my wall right there. I was like, I got to know all the details. And once I heard quotes from a casket, I was like, a casket? As a mortician in training, you got my interest. <laughs> yes, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I, I'm excited to listen to it. Um, they said that, at least recently, they said it was available on Anchor, but they were working to get it on Spotify. So by the time y'all are hearing this, I'm sure it will be on Spotify because it, it doesn't take super long. But anyways, check it out. Hell yeah. So this week we read chapter 12, Intruder of New Moon. What did you think of this chapter, Paige? The highlight of this chapter was not Mike Newton. It was, in fact, Jacob. Um, this was kind of saucy a little bit. I mean, like, obviously Bella is like, what the heck, what's going on? But like, uh, a hunk showing up in your bedroom shirtless in the middle of the night? Oh my god. Um... And then the her discovering the truth and her going into a spiral about it. I'm just like, girl, you found out that vampires were a whole thing and you handled that pretty well, I would say. Like I'm I'm shocked that this is the reaction after already knowing all of this. And there is a page that I'm going to read live that like both Bella and Stephanie Meyer make the most sense that they've ever made in the series so far. I was like, wow, they really, they're both spitting some facts right here. I'm impressed that they put all of this into words. So I would say overall, pretty good chapter. Okay, good. I'm glad you like it. I'm pretty sure I know which page you're talking about, but I'm looking forward to, to you talking about it. All right, Paige has got her various canned beverage. I got my literal sippy cup of water. Let's do this thing. So, the last chapter left off with a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. <laughs> There's so many T's in that sentence. A cliffhanger where Bella heard someone scraping on her window. So this chapter picks right back up where it left off. And she gets out of bed and she stumbles over to the window and she automatically thinks that it's Victoria and that She's coming to kill Bella and then possibly Charlie too. And then Jacob's voice comes out through the darkness, telling Bella to open the window and saying ouch repeatedly and being extremely loud. 
I I cannot, this is another one of those things like the car crash where I can't picture this in my brain because he's like standing on a branch, but it's bending the tree over, but it's not somehow not collapsing under his weight. And then the branch, I just, I don't really get it. I couldn't picture it. I, what my brain decided to fill it with instead was a very cartoonish depiction of him, like slothing a branch, trying not to fall off. And it just like bending, the whole tree is just bending because his whole body weight is on a singular branch. I know it's not what is happening, but it was more comical that way. By slothing, do you mean hanging upside down? No, I mean more like the opposite. So like wrapping his arms and legs around it. I guess that isn't slothing. That's like monorail catting it. (laughs) What? What did you just say? Were you in on that meme from, like, 2010, Monorail Cat? Apparently not. It's basically just, like, a cat that's... I mean, any cat can do it, but it's a cat sitting on some kind of ledge or just thin wall of some kind, and they sit like the loaf of bread, so you can't see their legs, but they look like a monorail sitting on a, a track because of just the shape and how they're positioned on that particular wall or whatever. So, yeah, that's the the origin. I'm interested. I'm going to have to look that up after this. Yeah, literally just Google monorail cat. You will find photos. <laughs> okay. I have to ask, in the brief seconds before Jacob says something, did you for a second think it was going to be Victoria? Because Bella did, or no? No, I I kind of figured it was going to be Jacob. I that's that's who I had predicted from the night before. I or not the night before. Wow, last week. Um I mean, I guess if it had been Victoria, I might not have been surprised, but I would have been like where is this going to go? Like if it had been Victoria, Bella would just be dead. Like there would be no that would just be the end of the story. Like, she wouldn't be able to defend herself. So, you know, it kind of, to me, it was like, it has to be something that's going to push the plot along. Yeah, good point. I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> so, um, Jacob says that he's there because he's trying to keep his promise. And so then he swings himself into Bella's room and is extremely pleased with himself when he gets there. And I love it so much because Bella's like, he does all of that, and Bella allows him to do it and watches him do it, and then goes, get out. <laughs> like, she could have been like, don't come in here. <laughs> yeah, she could have just closed the window. Literally. <laughs> she didn't have to let him in. Oh, it's so funny. As Paige mentioned earlier, for whatever reason, he's not wearing a shirt, and she says that his skin is burning hot, like he was still sick with a fever. But she says that he doesn't look sick. And Bella is just overwhelmed by how, like, how much she's been through in the past month, or really, like, six months or whatever it's been. Um, And very tired because she hasn't been sleeping. She's just been crying. (laughs) And so she kind of, like, almost faints, very Bella-esque. And Jacob kind of, like, sits her down, and he says, are you okay? And she very astutely says, why in the world would I be okay, Jacob? Kind of of savage. Yeah, I, it's dramatic, but, like, 
warranted. Girl's got a lot going on right now. He just broke up with her that day. So it, it would be like if if your ex broke up with you and then showed up again that night and is like, are you okay? Like, what do you think? No, I'm not okay. Oh, God, that's so true. I hadn't really pictured it yet in, like, real life, but this would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm sorry that that was so rough for you. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> Christ. Luckily, that's not what he's there to do. He's there to try to, like, make it better, make the situation better, and then he ultimately realizes that he can try and have Bella guess what's going on with him because apparently he's already told her, which we obviously know already what it is. But anyways, he keeps saying throughout this conversation that he really wants to tell her, but he can't. Why do you think that is? My thoughts are that you know, there seems to be a lot of loyalty um, for the pack that's going on right now um, with Sam Uli. And it would, there there has to be some level of secrecy. I mean, even Quill doesn't know what's going on. And he's a member of the Quill U community. So clearly there is a level of secrecy of this supernatural thing going on that like, if people in the community aren't going to know about it, no way an outsider is going to know about it either. And he has shown that he is now loyal to this pack and that Sam is actually like a pretty decent guy and he wants to like respect him and, you know, give him a chance. So it would probably be very disrespectful for him to just be like, oh, well, I'm going to tell Bella because, you know, she's an important person to me. Okay. Yeah. So he just keeps saying that basically, um, And he says that it's frustrating, but the part that kills him is that Bella already knows, I already told you everything. That's when he is like, whoa, what if you guess? Like, that could work. That would let me right off the hook, I guess, of, like, his loyalty, which is interesting. But at the very top of this page, not important, but I I just, it's kind of a general question that's been going on even since Twilight. Um, The paragraph reads... He sucked in a startled breath and then leaned toward me, his face shifting from hopelessness to blazing intensity in a second. He stared fiercely into my eyes, and his voice was fast and eager. He spoke the words right into my face. His breath was as hot as his skin. That's not, I know it's supposed to be hot. I don't think breath is hot. I'm sorry, but it is hot. Breath is hot. It's gross. Why is Stephanie Myers so obsessed with breath as a sensual thing? You ever you ever had hot breath in your face? It is not hot. It's temperature-wise hot, but not sexy hot. Literally, as soon as you started reading that paragraph, I was like, this bitch going to talk about breath again. <laughs> I mean, Bella was obsessed with Edward's breath in her mouth, and now she's obsessed with Jacob's hot breath in her face. I'm just like, girl, there are better things to appreciate in a, in a partner, not the breath. Yeah. I have several comments I could make, but some of them involve, like, spoilers. So I'm just gonna... Not that this is at all spoilery, but I want to make a joke that is spoilery, so I can't. DM me if you want to hear it. <laughs> the fact that there's a spoiler related to breath makes me... There isn't, but it's like... 
I shouldn't have even brought it up. It's fine. You want to you want to hear something embarrassing? Sure. I almost just said, just say it, but you can bleep it out. I'm the one that you're not, you're trying not to spoil. The, that would not be, that wouldn't work, Paige. That's not what that's for. Yeah, literally probably everyone who is listening to this knows everything about these books except for you. Well, when it becomes relevant, just let me know the joke. I'll try and remember. It's really, it's really irrelevant. Like it's. It does not matter at all. But if I remember, I will. What book is it from? Um, It's just like as you learn more about Bella's character, which you kind of get in Eclipse, I would say. Okay. Okay. <sighs> so the whole time Jacob's trying to get Bella to guess this thing, and she's like barely even awake, and she just keeps remember or like repeating what he says. He's, um, he says, let me see if I can give you some help. And she goes, help? My lids wanted to slip closed, but I forced them open. It's like, come on, this is the middle of the night. So he brings up, I mean, the audience all knows where this is going. So I don't really have to go like that into detail. But he brings up when they met and when he told them, when he told Bella what the colons are, that they're vampires. Um, but before he did that, he talked about some Quileute legends where... If I recall correctly, he was talking about them tying canoes to the tops of trees during the Great Flood. But anyways, then he also brought up the one that Stephanie Meyer made up where they like wolves are their brothers and they're descended from wolves. So Bella doesn't remember that yet, but she will soon after Jacob leaves. But before that, it's almost like he... I just want to bring your attention to this line on page 285. It's towards the bottom. Do you remember all the story? He couldn't finish the questions. His mouth popped open like something had stuck in his throat. Like, whatever's keeping him from telling it, he's, like, really loyal to it. He's really bound to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also kind of, like, how I interpreted him cutting off. I mean, he says, or no, Bella says all the stories. I think he stops himself because at the time that he told her they were just stories for him. I mean, like, you know, lore from his culture, but what he thought that they were just stories. So now he's realizing like his way of thinking was incorrect. And he's like, that's not the right word I should be using because they're not stories. They're truth right now. Oh, that makes sense. I hadn't interpreted that at all. But yeah, I could totally see that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So then he says, you know, I have to ask you a question about that day. I'm dying to know if I was the one. Basically, if he, if Jacob was the one that told Bella what Edward Cullen was. And Bella refuses to answer. And then Jacob says, see what I mean about loyalty? It's the same for me, only worse. You can't imagine how tight I'm bound. And that makes Bella really sad. And, you know, she's thinking about how for her, like keeping the vampire secret is voluntary. She just does it because she loved the Colons and she doesn't want to betray them. But for Jacob, it seems to be something else. And so she says, isn't there any way for you to get free? And he says, no, I'm in this for life, a life sentence. And then Bella says, what if we ran away, just you and me? What if we left home and left Sam behind? 
And he says, it's not something I can run away from, Bella. I would run with you, though, if I could. I hate to say it. That's kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, I I really enjoy Jacob. He's, he's like, he's just refreshing as a person um, from all of the other characters. But I'm like, can we not? So he is he is pretty cute in a lot of the things that he does. Yeah. Um, question for you. A little later down on that same page, he says that the the other guys are going to be wondering where I am, and he should go let them know. And Bella's like, "Well, you don't have to tell them." And he says, "All the same, I will." Um. So why do you think he'll tell the others? Like, why? Like, what would compel him to do that? I just think it all ties back into how close like we find out later in this chapter that pack is the more appropriate word to be using instead of gang um and when i think of like a wolf pack i do think of loyalty i think of being able to rely on one another and be open and trusting of one another so i could 100% see all of the members of the pack just being open and honest with each other because they rely on that. They rely on, you know, everyone else having their backs. So they're going to also provide that for everyone else. So Jacob would be like, yeah, I will be honest about where I was. I mean, it's not going to really endanger us, but you know, I'm loyal to the people in my pack. So I'll let them know what's going on. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think, that's it kind of explains Jacob's reaction right after this because Bella says, I hate them, speaking about the pack. And he says, No, Bella, don't hate the guys. It's not Sam's or any of the others' faults. This is actually funny. I told you before, it's me. Sam is actually, well, incredibly cool. Jared and Paul are great too, though Paul is kind of and Embry's always been my friend. I'm like, go ahead. We're waiting. Paul is what? <laughs> is this a character that we learn more about? You will meet him soon. What's if if you could fill that word in, what word would you use? Obnoxious. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So then Bella asks Jacob why he's not supposed to see her if he's just gonna turn around and tell them anyways. And he says it's not safe. And Bella interprets that as him knowing about Victoria and Laurent and thinking that it's not safe safe for him to visit her. While really, I'm assuming that you also interpret it like he's saying it's not safe for her because of what he is. I, I kind of interpreted it more as, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that everyone in this pack knows Bella's association with the Cullens So in their eyes, she's synonymous with vampires. So it's unsafe for him to spend any amount of time with her because who knows what she has going on in her life and how that could be a danger to Jacob. But I could see it the way that you're describing it too. Yeah, it actually could kind of go both ways. You're right. Okay. All right. So, um... Jacob says he came anyways because he made her a promise that he wouldn't 
um, ever hurt her and he really blew it this afternoon so he had to try to fix it and then he goes to leave and he says well if you figure it out and you don't want to see me at least call me which Bella doesn't understand at all but obviously makes sense to us and then he leaves well he gives her like a big steamy hug first and says I won't lose you Bella not for this and then he leaves <laughs> Paige is shaking her head I just, I, I I don't know if it's here or if it was earlier on. I, it may have been when she touches, she touches him or something and she comments how hot he feels, but then also describes her coldness. Like my cold hands felt like so much different than his hot body basically. And I think, I want to say I mentioned this like the very first episode of the Twilight podcast, but like. She's continually referring to herself as cold. I want to say, like, she probably is cold. Maybe she's anemic. I don't know. I could see it. But I think she likes to imagine she has vampire qualities. Totally. Yeah. She's done other stuff, too, that, like, kind of relates to that, where she'll be, like, talking about how pale she is, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, this girl is desperate. In all levels except physical, I am a vampire. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that's about a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually Jacob on Vine. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up that Vine. It's funny. With all our TikTok audiences, they're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? There is a heavy Vine influence on TikTok. Like a lot of, there's a lot of Vine references too. Okay, good. I really don't know what the kids are talking about, so I need you to guide me. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, something that's going on right now is um, there's this song. I couldn't tell you what the song is, who it's by, or what it's called. Um, but it has just, like, a really fun beat to it. And the joke is, is that, like, you stand really still. And then when this one part hits, you, like, do, like, a like a fun dance to it and then you go back to being still and a lot of people are dressing up as Halloween villains and doing the dance to it it's very funny I posted one on my Instagram story if you want to watch it yeah I saw that I didn't really know what it was okay so that's good to know yeah I do watch Instagram reels which I feel like are probably I don't know just estimating like two weeks behind the TikTok trends I would guess because also like the algorithm just mixes in really old ones like I'll get summer ones and I'm like what but Anyways, I'm not totally out of touch is my point. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I'm I'm still dead about the Steve Buscemi um meme. Hello, fellow children. <laughs> I think yeah, I can't remember if it's like fellow children or fellow youth, but I, I can relate. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So Bella falls back asleep and she has this very consequential dream. I don't know. It just felt very heavy handed to me because we know about how Stephanie Meyer totally came up with, or supposedly came up with the idea for the series through a dream. And I'm like, how many people are having this vivid of dreams? I'm not. I literally, my note for this is how is Bella's dreams? How are Bella's dreams so pertinent? Like a couple nights ago, I had a dream that, like, my arms were made out of hot dogs, and I, all my teeth started falling out. Like, that, 
it does not make sense. Like, yeah, I'll get a little bit of my real life sprinkled in. Like sometimes I have dreams that I'm at Chipotle or I'm at the funeral home, but then I have hot dog arms. Like it's, it, they're not, they're very obviously dreams. <laughs> That's hilarious though. Oh my Lord. <laughs> okay. So in Bella's dream, she's actually had this dream before, but well, part of it. And then it changes into something else. She had it the night that she first met Jacob and she realized that Edward was a vampire. Um, so she's in the woods and Jacob shows up and tries to pull her back to the darkness, right? Yeah. Um, she's trying to get to the beach where the sunlight is. And he's telling her that she has to run. And after that, she knows that in this dream, the first time she had it, Edward will show up and he'll be looking all deadly and hot or whatever. Um, but first, Jacob kind of like faints to the ground and then turns into a wolf but this time it's a different wolf it's the one that I'm assuming it's the one that she saw in the meadow because she says a red brown wolf with dark intelligent eyes and then that's where the dream changes oh yeah she literally says this was the great resident wolf I'd stood half a foot from in the meadow my bad um and then she looks into its eyes and she realizes that its eyes are the same as Jacob's this not to be an asshole, but this part had me dead because she literally says, I woke up screaming at the top of my lungs. I almost expected Charlie to come check on me this time. He doesn't, but we find out later that he's in the house. So this man is literally like, I ain't got time for that shit today. <laughs> Same old shit as always. I'm so dead that his daughter was screaming her head off and he was like, anyways, my cereal. <laughs> I, I mean, it's gotta be, I mean, Jacob broke up with her that day. She comes home and he knows that some, like, this is the last chapter that we read, but like, she kind of describes how Charlie is like immediately very worried. And in my mind, I figured he probably recognized how Bella was the months prior and how her face was looking when she walked in the door and was like, oh no, here we go again. So the fact that now she's waking up screaming again, like, yep, that's, uh, that seems about right for what's going on right now. God, poor guy. Uh, so as Bella is sitting there after waking up, she remembers in perfect detail somehow the exact dialogue from Twilight <laughs> when she met Jacob. And he talks about how, I'll just read it. The cold ones are the natural enemies of the wolf. Well, not the wolf really, but the wolves that turn into men like our ancestors. You would call them werewolves. So I have a feeling that we're nearing the page that you were talking about at the beginning. Did, did you wanna Did you want to take over? Yes. So the part that I'm gonna read starts at the very bottom of page 293 and then crosses over to 294, if you wanna follow along. <clears throat> what kind of place was this? Could a world really exist where ancient legends went wandering around borders of tiny, insignificant towns facing down mythical monsters? Did this mean every impossible fairy tale was grounded somewhere in absolute truth? Was there anything sane or normal at all? Or was everything just magic and ghost stories? I clutched my head in my hands, trying to keep it from exploding. A small, dry voice in the back of my mind asked me what the big deal was. Hadn't I already accepted the existence of vampires long ago and without the hysterics that time? 
Exactly. I wanted to scream back at the voice. Wasn't one myth enough for anyone, enough for a lifetime? Besides, there'd never been one moment that I wasn't completely aware that Edward Cullen was above and beyond the ordinary. It wasn't such a surprise to find out what he was, because he was so obviously something. But Jacob? Jacob, who was just Jacob, and nothing more than that? Jacob, my friend? Jacob, the only human I'd ever been able to relate to? Dot, dot, dot. And he wasn't even human. I fought the urge to scream again. What did this say about me? I knew the answer to that one. It said that there was something deeply wrong with me. Why else would my life be filled with characters from horror movies? Why else would I care so much about them that it would tear big chunks right out of my chest when they went off along their mythical ways? I, every paragraph I was like, yep, I agree. Yep, I agree with that too. I finally, everything that I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to ask a question about that. It, we're, we're confronting it all. I'm really glad that all of these things were said because these are all questions that I've had. Yeah, you've been asking these things and I felt like these pages were directed specifically towards you. It was very funny when I was reading them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, I was going to make a note about the first paragraph and then I kept reading and I was like, oh, I got to make a note about that too. Oh, I got to make a note about that too. I was like, I'm just going to read the whole page because it's all important. <laughs> yes, um, I wanted to say too that there, oh, yeah, that's this is on that page. When she said, um, a small dry voice in the back of my mind asked me what the big deal was. I, my note for that was that voice is Paige's voice. <laughs> it is. What is the big deal, Bella? I literally said that earlier in this episode. Like, we've already, she, she's already gotten over it. And she was pretty cool with Edward being a vampire. I mean, she notes that he had to be something. He was just so extraordinary. But I'm like, why all the antics about Jacob being a werewolf? I don't get it. Yeah, it's like she drew a line in the sand and then the universe just scribbled it out with their foot. Yeah. I also, I really hate the word hysterics because it's so sexist. And it. I love that Bella uses it to describe herself. And that's very clearly Stephanie Myers coming through. Just love that personally. Every time you say her name wrong, I'm going to laugh. Every single time. I, you know, I got to do what feels right for me. <laughs> you got to live your truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I say it enough times, maybe I'll manifest it into reality. Maybe she'll change her name solely because of you. We can only hope. <laughs> Spread the word. Ugh. Okay, so after this, like, justified freak out, Bella decides that she has to go see Jacob immediately because I don't know what she thinks is going to happen. She says, so he could tell me that I hadn't lost my mind altogether. He's not going to tell you that. He, I mean... You haven't lost your mind, but this is happening. You have to face that. Yeah. I mean, he he made it pretty clear he wants you to know, but you got to figure it out. Girl, you figured it out. Like, it's not ridiculous. You just figured it out. Right. <laughs> so she runs out into the front of the house trying to leave. And then she kind of gets stopped in her tracks by Charlie because... He says that basically there's going to be a hunting party going out right now, essentially, for the wolves because they found a body um, by the hot springs, as if we know what the fuck they're talking about. But anyway, oh, there's no sign of him. So they didn't find a body, but there's blood. And then the his wife saw a wolf 
after he disappeared. Um, and so they're they're just basically putting a bounty on these wolves' heads. Um, literally, he, Charlie says there's a reward being offered for wolf carcasses. That's going to mean a lot of firepower out there in the fo- in the forest, and it worries me. So then Bella gets obviously very concerned and worried about that, and you know, because because that's her friend, and so now she's having this moral crisis. First of all, Charlie's going out there where the wolves are going to be. That makes her extremely nervous because obviously he's her dad and she loves him and doesn't want him to get hurt by the wolves or, you know, other people with guns who don't know what they're doing. Then she's like, should I even go see Jacob? Like if he's out there killing people, like does he even deserve my friendship or, or me defending him? Like, or me warning him that there's this hunting party coming? Like, what should I do about this? And then I know I'm going to let you talk in a second page, I promise, but I'm just like babbling on. She compares Jacob to the Collins in her head. And she's like, look at the sacrifices they made to not hurt human life. Like she thinks about Esme and how she's like such a good person, but she couldn't be around Bella when she was bleeding. And then she thinks about Carlisle and how for hundreds of years, he trained himself to be like basically immune to the scent of blood. And, and she's like, well, should I choose to be on Jacob's side in this or what should I do? Yeah, I was honestly kind of surprised that she didn't kind of give them the benefit of the doubt because she almost immediately did that for Edward and his family. Um, And she was like kind of pretty relaxed when she found out kind of the negative things. And if one family can overcome those obstacles and live a semi-normal life, why can't another group of people do the same thing? Like for her to immediately like kind of villainize them, it, it, I don't know, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like just immediately they're the bad guys in this or they're they're definitely the ones doing all the killing like for sure I know I just ran into Laurent in the meadow but yeah it's definitely it's got to be the wolves that are doing this like to immediately just write them off as like the culprits it just I'm like could you not extend the same courtesies that you did to the Cullens onto your literal only friend right now yeah very good points I mean, yeah, you're right, because even before she knows that Edward is and his family are quote-unquote vegetarian, she's, like, willing to accept them. I think there is a brief part in Twilight where she assumes that he's not going to hurt her. I don't know if she ever comes out and says, like, I assume that they're not drinking people's blood, but I think that she assumes that. But you're right, it's very wrong for her to just jump to this conclusion of, like, ah, they're killing people. I mean, the evidence is kind of on that side with this witness who saw a big gray wolf right after someone was killed and they found blood. But still, she had no problem, like you said, being totally open-minded about Edward being a vampire. So you're right. It is very unfair. Yeah. And she's always jumping to defend the Cullens and like this and that when she has all of the information. I mean at the time, all the information that she knew about. She does not have all the information yet. She hasn't even talked to him about this, and she's already jumping to the conclusions. Like, 
like you said, the evidence does seem to lean that direction, but she hasn't talked to anyone in that community about that yet. Like, she is just assuming at this point. Totally. Yep. You're absolutely right. That's pretty much the end of the chapter. I mean, I do got to ask you, um, the literal last sentence of the chapter is, now what should I choose? So it's kind of um, wraps into like your predictions for next week, but we're going to be reading two chapters next week. Chapter 13 is called Killer and chapter 14 is called Family. So what do you think she's going to choose and what do you think is going to happen in these two chapters? I think that she is going to go into the situation hot in like assuming the negative, but I think that the truth is going to come out in killer. Like I think that the source of the blood and the death, I think is going to come to light. I'm not sure if that's going to be Laurent or another vampire or something. Cause I mean, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, they're still changing into wolves. So there has to be some kind of vampire presence. So I'm thinking that she's going to learn a little bit more about the situation. And then in family, I think she's going to like meet the the pack maybe, or like get a more in-depth look at as to what's going on in the community in general. So you definitely don't think that it's the wolves killing people. I guess I hadn't considered it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, Jacob does say in this chapter that it's not safe for him to be there. So I guess it could be the wolves. My my thought is just kind of the opposite of Bella, that I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I don't know if it's them yet. But now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I'm like, maybe it is. I don't know. I could, if it's not them, I would be satisfied. If it is them, I think I, not that I would be satisfied, but it would make sense to me. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Did you have anything we didn't cover that you want to talk about? This is super brief and maybe I'm just dumb, but both Jacob and her dad call her bells in this chapter. Has she ever been called this nickname before? I have, I might be getting the movie mixed up with the first book, but I know that her dad has called her that at least if I think he calls her that every time in the movies, pretty much. And I think he might have done it in the first book. Jacob, I feel like, is just doing it because he thinks he's on that level. It's like when people call me M that I, like, met two days ago. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. No. (laughs) Um, I just, for some reason, I just didn't remember. So I was like, how, where did this nickname come from? I've never heard this before. She's actually, (coughs) sorry, trying it out for, like, a new rap name. And she was like... You guys call me this, but keep it on the DL so that it just seems natural. That makes complete sense. Bella does strike me as world-class rapper. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Literally would rather die than listen to Bella Swan rap. I think that Bella would also die, would rather die before she even attempts to rap. That's true. Do you want to tell the lovely people on the other side of the interweb about our socials? 
So we've obviously been getting a lot of outreach. I think people are hearing our call for memes and all that. We are loving it. Keep up the communication. It literally makes all of our days. So you can reach out to us on Twitter at Taft Pod. Jem, we love recapping your live tweets about listening to the pod. It is amazing. Thank you for that. Um, you can reach out to us on Tumblr and on Instagram at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. You can email us at Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. And then uh, for our, our two new patron patrons, thank you again. Um, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can find that at patreon.com slash Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Or also, which will get you into the patron exclusive things that we do and also support an awesome cause. Please consider donating to the Quill Utes. Oh my gosh, Tina just sneezed. I don't know if you heard that. Um, <laughs> support the Quill Utes in their efforts to move their cultural land to somewhere safe because it's being destroyed right now due to ecological disasters. Um, and you can donate to that and read more information about it at www.mthg.org. Thank you, Paige. And I should mention, too, I said earlier that Instagram is the only one, only social media where you can reach both of us. That is technically true because it's the only one Paige has access to. But if you send us something on Tumblr and Twitter and or Twitter and it's not spoilery, it's getting sent to Paige. Like, I'm not just hoarding stuff. You know what I mean? Um, if it's spoilery, obviously, I keep it to myself. But just know that um, you can always reach us on anything that you want to reach out on. So use whatever platform you like best. Emily is gatekeeping our own podcast from me. <laughs> I will admit that a couple times I've read something in the middle of the night and I'll be like, I'll send that to Paige tomorrow. And then like a week later, I'm like, oh, fuck. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> it's a, You live a busy life. I guess. <laughs> um, should we just like have Tina bite you for our outro? Because that's what she's trying to do. She hates when I scratch her butt. It makes her really angry for some reason. So I continue to do it. <laughs> That's cat ownership, folks. Great deal. She said yes. <laughs> all right. I guess we'll uh, we'll see you all next week for chapters 13 and 14 of New Moon. Bye, guys. Live your truth. Goodbye. <laughs> Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.